Hello and welcome to this Linklaters podcast. I'm Anna Mitchell, a partner in the Linklaters Antitrust and Foreign Investment Group in London. And this is the third episode in our Funds and Financial Investors podcast series, in which we're exploring how key recent developments in the competition and foreign investment world impact on funds, private equity and financial sponsor clients. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by two of my US-based colleagues, Antonia Scheidman, a partner in our Washington DC office, and John Gaffney, a senior counsel and head of our US foreign investment practice. We're also joined by one of our Brussels associates, Carolis Possius. Today, we'll be discussing Joe Biden's new administration and what impact it will have on antitrust enforcement and foreign investment control in the US in the coming years, focusing particularly on how these changes might have an impact on financial investors, PE investors, and funds. Antonia, Joe Biden took the seat as a new president of the US at the end of January. What do you think this means for antitrust enforcement in the US from the perspective of merger control? Do you think it will have a transformative effect on antitrust policy, or do you think actually it will just be a continuation of the status quo? Hi, Anna, and thanks for having me. Um, the conventional wisdom is that antitrust enforcement tends to pick up under a democratic administration. I personally don't agree with that. If you look back at the Trump administration, for example, the FTC actually did vote out a record number of complaints. So I think that's a bit misleading. However, this administration is different. Um, we are already seeing that they are being heavily influenced um, on antitrust by the progressive wing of the party, couple of examples of that. Um, President Biden has nominated Lena Khan, who is a well-known critic of the tech industry, to serve as a commissioner of the Federal Trade Commission. He's also named Tim Wu, a very fierce critic of the current analytical framework for mergers, to serve on the National um, Economic Council. These appointments signal that this administration is likely to take a more confrontational stance towards merging parties. As a result, there's likely to be far more skepticism about deals and a laser focus on identifying and challenging deals that take out close competitors in highly concentrated markets. And indeed, we are already seeing more scrutiny during the initial waiting period of transactions that would not necessarily have drawn attention in the past, even under um, the Obama administration. Progressive antitrust authorities are also considered to be less accepting of synergies and efficiencies arguments and on more heightened alert for potential losses in consumer welfare versus pure competition concerns. So down the road, we can expect more second requests or phase twos to be issued um, and review clearance timetables will likely be longer. They've already stretched out to almost a year in complex uh, cases and we think uh, and we think that's just only going to get uh, that much longer. Um, as I mentioned under the Trump administration, um, the agencies were fairly litigious. Um, we anticipate that the amount of litigation will only increase under the Biden administration. Thanks, Antonia. That's really interesting. Do you think we can expect legislative changes in the near future in addition to the shift in policy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, indeed, significant legislative reform to the antitrust laws may be on the horizon. Uh, Senator Amy, Amy Klobuchar, the chair of the Senate Antitrust Committee, recently introduced a comprehensive bill addressing various reforms in antitrust law. So, for example, um, in her legislation, um, there was a call for lowering the standard that the FTC and DOJ must meet in order to be able to persuade a court to block a merger. Currently, mergers that 
quote, substantially lessen, quote, competition or prohibited, but the proposed legislation would bar mergers that, quote, create an appreciable risk of materially lessening competition, uh, end quote. So that indicates that, that, that Senator Klobuchar, at any rate, wants to give the FTC and DOJ more ammunition and more of an advantage um, in litigation. The bill also shifts the burden of proof to the parties uh, in certain types of mergers to show that the proposed transaction would not harm competition by more than a de minimis amount. Um, this would apply to, for example, acquisitions of nation competitors by firms that have a 50% or higher market share, um, so-called mega mergers, which involve transactions valued at over $5 billion, or where the acquiring company has a market capitalization of more than $100 billion and makes an acquisition valued at $50 million or more. Um, if the legislation is passed, the agencies would have many more enforcement tools at their disposal, and these policies would create significant hurdles for merging parties. Right now, this bill is pending before the Senate Judiciary Committee and doesn't have a House companion bill. Um, this bill has not been warmly greeted by the Republicans, so it seems at least to me doubtful that the bill will get the traction it needs um, in order to be passed, given the 50-50 split between the Democrats and Republicans in the Senate. However, I think there could very well be a compromise bill coming down the line uh, that may perhaps be mo more focused on certain industries. Many thanks, Antonia. So it seems that we can expect some major developments in antitrust enforcement in the U.S., both on the legislative and policy levels. And do you believe that any particular sectors might be under the enforcer's radar? For the tech sector, it'll be more of the same and then some. For different reasons, there is common ground among Republicans and Democrats who are concerned that the major tech companies have become too powerful. So you should look for continued scrutiny and for cases filed by the Trump administration to be continued and amplified by the Biden administration. In addition, if the Klobuchar bill is not passed, there could be legislation specifically targeting the tech sector. However, any tougher standards applied to the tech industry might spill over and have ramifications for other industries as well. In particular, it's likely that um, pharma and healthcare will face greater scrutiny in the coming years. Pharma and healthcare are always priority sectors for the regulators, but have become especially so uh, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. We've seen more discussion around these sectors in terms of monopoly pricing issues um, and concerns regarding how market concentration has led to fragility in the supply chain and shortages of personal protective equipment, ventilators, and medical supplies as the pandemic hit. Healthcare is also an area where there's historically been bipartisan support for antitrust enforcement, so we can expect that this will continue to be a priority for the Biden administration as well as Congress. And how do you foresee these changes impacting on how financial investors, PE investors, and funds do deals in the future? Well, the Democrats, particularly the left wing of the party, have been sounding a drumbeat for the past few years on the need to better regulate M&A, especially in sensitive sectors. There is a not insignificant constituency in the Democratic Party that regards financial investors and PE investors with suspicion, which could affect how PE deals are received by the agencies. 
Increased enforcement may also complicate or even prevent transactions by portfolio companies that are looking to grow through bolt-on acquisitions. Even where the industry is not concentrated, the regulators may open an investigation nonetheless, which could result in delaying clearance. And indeed, we have seen uh, more of these inquiries coming up in that initial waiting period um, than, than, than we have in the past. Although, if the industry is not concentrated as a general rule, uh, those investigations are completed within that first 30-day period. Thanks a lot for the insights, Antonia. John, if we can now turn to foreign investment control, do you think there'll be any significant changes to the CFIUS reviews under the Biden administration? Anna, and no, I don't think uh, Biden's election should have uh, much effect on the breadth of CFIUS's reach. The expansion of CFIUS's reviews, which were enacted in 2018 and implemented in 2020, uh, was a bipartisan effort that actually began during the Obama administration. Uh, mandatory filings, a close reliance on export control rules, and focus on personal data are all here to stay. Scrutiny of Chinese takeovers of U.S. companies, which intensified during the Trump administration, is expected to continue. In the last four years, the United States blocked many Chinese acquisitions, especially of U.S. technology firms on national security grounds, and even ordered some Chinese firms, such as the owners of social media apps TikTok and Grindr, to divest previously acquired business. By and large, CFIUS should get back to its traditional technocratic approach to national security. And though pro-job policies will be pursued, the interagency tension between national security and pro-trade perspectives will return, leading to longer deliberations at CFIUS. I think a few more transactions from China will survive, but subject to mitigation conditions. Also, you're far less likely to see the president publicly weighing in on ongoing um, CFIUS deliberations, as we saw last year in the TikTok case. Thank you, John. And to conclude, are you able to share any views on how the Biden presidency might impact private equity from the perspective of cross-border deals? Um, sure. So. First, from a purely administrative perspective, I think we're going to get a better sense of how broadly CFIUS plans to look at investment funds under the new CFIUS regulations that were issued just last year. The new rules essentially allow CFIUS to ignore the interests of foreign limited partners in U.S. managed funds, but only if the limited partners do not receive material governance or information access rights, either directly or through participation in the fund's advisory committee. By implication, these rules suggest that CFIUS might look harder at other foreign limited partnership interests and the funds in which they are investing if they don't meet those other qualifications. Now that these rules have been in effect for a while, CFIUS's treatment of such investments may become more clear. Now, from a policy perspective, a Biden administration can be expected to view international trade and investment in terms of the effects on U.S. jobs, U.S. infrastructure, and U.S. technology development, especially um, green energy. CFIUS is likely to remain a major impediment to Chinese investment in the United States and is also likely to continue examining foreign investments in private equity fund ownership and control structures, including the nature of limited partnerships and co-investors. Like the Trump administration, a Biden administration can be expected to show a national security interest in U.S. investment in China and U.S.-China partnerships, especially where such activities appear to promote Chinese national security interests. Thanks very much, John. That's really interesting. And thanks for Antonia, too, for sharing your insights with us today. With the whole of the Biden presidency ahead of us, we'll be keeping a close eye on any future developments that come in from the U.S. in the next four years. 
If any of our listeners have additional questions on this topic, then please do reach out to one of your Linklaters contacts and we'd be very happy to discuss further. And do also tune into our next podcast, where we'll be taking stock of where we are one year into the COVID-19 pandemic and examine the explosion of private equity deals in the last year and how they've been impacted by merger control and the rise of foreign investment scrutiny. Until then, thank you for listening and goodbye. Thank you.